Hey, this is Gary. This is Mike. And Daniel. We're not professionals. We're just three addicts sharing our experiences, strength, and hope regarding recovery. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other addicts and to practice these principles in our lives. All right, everyone. Welcome to an episode of the 12th Step Podcast. This is Daniel. This is Gary. And this is Mike. And apparently I'm in taking the lead so not like yeah. it's about time <laughs> <laughs> daniel's in the hot seat tonight. i am so so yet again adam has gloriously emailed us back and uh has mentioned that i need to start talking and taking the lead more because i apparently have hidden gems to to uh so first of all thank you adam yes for yes. reaching out that's uh that's and letting powerful. us know and letting us know yeah i think he uh he can obviously hear through a podcast the uh, uh, um, the power, the impact of your experiences, and yeah. how that could bless his life and probably the lives of many of our listeners. Yeah. So, uh, and yeah. the fact that you've reached back out and reciprocated that is now putting Daniel in a place that's going to help further his recovery. Exactly. Exactly. Yay. So, and because of his email, uh, Gary. Like, hmm, there's a quote. So he, he brought a quote out of the bathroom. Room. Okay. I was just going to say another room, but all right. It's a quote hanging on the wall in the bathroom. It's fine. But it's fantastic. All right. So the quote is, be weird, be random, be who you are, because you never know who would love the person you hide. And that was by C.S. Lewis. Um, so... We kind of talked about where to go with this because for me it's a little difficult because you know a good portion of my life was spent hiding the person I was, uh, my gifts and, and things like that. And um, you know, recovery is unhiding that, kind of bringing that to the surface, uh, the person we're meant to be or who we should be. I don't. I'm going to point out that it's not just you. I mean, I think every addict and, yeah. and in some cases even non-addicts experience this very thing. So. Yeah. You know, you'll try and make this personal. I know, Daniel, which makes you terminally unique, just oh, like yay. everybody else. Out there. <laughs> <laughs> but the reality of it is, is this is a, you know, C.S. Lewis is certainly hitting on something yes. that, that a lot of people experience. It happens to be really, really relevant, not only to you but to every addict. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure every high school student goes through that as well, um, and various other people, like you said. Uh, just, I think. We addicts tend to do that a little bit more than most. Sure. Yeah. I think, uh, I, I honestly believe that many of us make such an attempt to fit in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason why we make such an effort to fit in is we don't want to draw te- attention to the things that we're engaged in, the things that are, you know, the, the glaring issues that we perceive that are going on in our life. Yeah. The reality of it is, and I love to sort of a quote from, Robin Williams uh, just saw again this morning that, you know, he says, be nice to everybody simply because you have no idea the battles that each person is actually experiencing and the demons that they're facing. And I think that's so true. So we all make this effort to be like everybody else (laughs) so that we don't show any of that. Mm -hmm. And the reality of it is, is that each one of us are experiencing these difficult experiences. Yeah. I mean, for for me, um, I don't know if you guys have ever noticed, but when I have like a long sleeve shirt, I have my, my sleeves generally rolled up. Um, I realized as I've been going through therapy why that is. You know, I, I always thought it was a comfort thing, but actually, for me, it was a subconscious thing of no longer hiding my bruises. You know, as a kid, I was grew, wore long sleeve shirts wow. and pants, 
And I realize this is kind of me saying, hey, world, uh, you know, I'm not going to hide that anymore. Um, that's, you know, it's, I'm not going to be, you know, subject to the abuse and that when I was younger. Because, yeah, I always wore that. I was always made fun of. Because it'd be like May or June, school's still in session, and I'm wearing long sleeves, and it's like 90 degrees outside. So I'd get made fun of. But now it's kind of a subconscious thing of, like, hey, I'm not going to hide. Good for you. Yeah, so Good for that's you. something that came out cause, uh, a few weeks ago, and I realized, oh, wow, okay, that's what that really means, because it's, it's more of a comfort thing, but for a different reason. Yeah. Huh. yeah. That's interesting. That is very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So walk us through this quote. Tell us what you think. Oh, man. I don't know. I, I'm... Be weird, be random. You know, I'm so weird and random. It's crazy. <laughs> I don't even know how to do put you know, that out there. <laughs> do you know, I, I think... I think he says, I think he says those things because I I think that's an encouragement because I think everybody sees themselves that way. I'm oh, weird, yeah. right? I'm random. I, and embrace who you are. Yeah, yeah. I think you're absolutely. So I right. think he's just saying, own who you are, even if you think it's weird, even if you think it's random. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know? I am a redheaded stepchild. I well, know when people say that, I'm like, hey, wait a minute, I am that. <laughs> that's me. Um, <laughs> You know, there there is a lot of things uh, in my life which I'm now coming to embrace, you know. Yes, I went through a lot of abuse. That's not something I can change, but I can accept that. And that because of that, I'm a much stronger person now um, as I've been working through my recovery and working with you know, our therapist to realize that it is bad and difficult as that was that's given me strength and ability to help other people that have gone through, which I pretty sure is what adam was absolutely uh, speaking up on because you know my i was able to relate to him through because of my own experiences you know it's going to be interesting to me Mm -hmm. we're going to have an opportunity at some point in time to uh to hear again from adam maybe a year or two down the road and to find him deep in his recovery and to listen to how far he's come and how he's able to roll up his shirt sleeves yeah as a result of you know all the things that have happened to him and all the people that will see him as being somebody who can help them with their problems, uh, Adam's going to be a powerful, powerful uh, force for good out there. I just I'm I'm 100% confident and believe that. I agree. And yeah. I think uh, it'll be fun to maybe one day shake his hand and say you know congratulations to you and to, that you've tackled this this issue that has plagued you and that uh, your family, you know, it sounds like your family of origin hasn't been much support and, and to some extent the cause of much of your yeah. your addiction and, and all that you've been through. But that to see you conquer it, mm-hmm. or at least to face it head on, and to roll up his sleeves, yeah. to, to be proud of the fact that he's not hiding his mm-hmm. abuses, or, you know, his bruises or he, You know, uh, Daniel, you've just given me a gift. Absolutely. I did? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> next time you the next time you reach out to me and you're having trouble you know what my response is going to be roll up your sleeves <laughs> and get to work <laughs> dang it that's actually that's kind of funny that's what my grandpa always used to say yeah. but that's he'd always do that when he'd go out to work in the garden uh-huh. but I mean no I, in regards to, to Adam I know he's struggling uh, with his relationship with his dad but I mean that kind of brings back to my own mind with me you know i've kind of i don't have that relationship with my my family mm-hmm. that's something i put a hard boundary on that until we work through that uh, you know that's we're not going to have a relationship there 
And we have a counselor that identifies what family is operational, not biological. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's, uh, you know, you may, you may have those boundaries in place with your family. And mm-hmm. it sounds like Adam's experiencing yeah. that to some extent because of faith differences, things of that nature. Yeah. But, but, uh, you know, uh, operational, not, not biological by any stretch. And so you do have family. Yeah. You know, you're sitting yeah. around here even to some extent with family now. Yeah. And that was the point I was getting at. I've, I've realized, you know, I have friends now that actually, you know, every time like we hang up or something like that, they like say, love you, brother. Yeah. And it's, I'm actually realizing they're not just saying that as like brother, like some weird right. Right. term. No, they're, they're actually meaning that. And they're actually more brothers to me than my own siblings Absolutely. Uh, have been. And, um, you know, as through this entire divorce, you know, my family hasn't called, checked in. How are you doing? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, and, you know, it's been over a year now sure and yet those guys like every week are like hey how you doing what's going on right you know and if it's it's kind of like gary i'm like okay and it's kind of like really i mean <laughs> it's not the exact word but i get that like no come on what's going on yeah and so i, I get the second question even from them now um which is nice <laughs> but uh but, i do realize i'm building my own family yeah but Absolutely. think about think about how nice it is to be known Yes. And still loved and accepted. Absolutely. No, that was that was probably one of the biggest things. Um, so I have a friend that I've known since seventh grade. He hasn't really known the underlying stuff. We'd still been friends, and he served in the military. I I introduced him to his wife and everything. We've stayed in touch off and on throughout the years. But when this divorce started, he you know we started talking to each other and that and. I finally let him know. I let him know everything. The abuse and my struggles and the addiction and everything. And really cool thing about it is he stopped and said, that doesn't change a single bit of how I see you or, think, sure. or care about you, which was really cool and amazing. He didn't run out of the room with his hair. No, no. I mean, else. I was, you know, it was kind of scary because like, okay, what's he going to think? I mean, it's but, very, very religious and everything, but... And then he turned around and said, "Yeah, I always knew something was squirrely about your mom." <laughs> but, you, but you don't. But you don't want. Think about it this way too. You divulged. Mm-hmm. You disclosed to him. Yeah. Now he knows who you are. Yep. And he says that that doesn't change things. Yeah. But it absolutely does. Yeah. Because. You know those feelings are generally for who you are and not who you are pretending to be. And yeah. that's a huge difference, at least, you know, yeah. for you. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of amazing things have happened from that. You know, it's the same person that, you know, they invited me over for Christmas because I didn't have any boys. Sure. I didn't have my kids. And, you know, there, there were presents under their tree yeah. that were for me um, that they had done. So... Family is an operational um, yeah. term, not a biological yeah. term. That's fantastic. So it's, you know, and his kids are kind of acting like I'm the uncle and stuff like that. Of course, I'm the fun uncle, so that's that's good points for me. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, it, it's nice. It's It's been great. And then slowly I found that I've opened up more and more, especially over this last year, to, to other people, even strangers. Um, you know, some of them want very receptive but that's okay i it doesn't affect me as much. Know, even even that's a gift because then you know exactly where you are oh yeah yeah you know yeah. and then go on i was gonna i'm gonna share uh something from when i first met daniel all right uh, <laughs> <Woo-hoo! laughs> 
This is uh, this is me and Daniel from the past. Of, this is Daniel from the past and my experience with Daniel. The first night I met him, he was in a group. I think I went home to my wife and said, "We just started another group tonight." And you know, there's somebody here that Gary knows. Whatever I said, hey, man, he's a weird duck. <laughs> I, think, I think those were the things. And so as I think of the second line, mm-hmm. uh, be who you are because you never know who would love the person you hide. And I think as time has gone on as recovery has gone on for Daniel and how different he is today compared to that night and how, and perhaps even in my own experience, how much more tolerant of different am I as a result of my own recovery and what's going on? Because there's no question about it. We share such dissimilar interests (laughs) in the universe. If that's not, if that's, Uh that's probably the softest way I could probably put that. And yet, interestingly enough, I find ourselves, you know, we find ourselves here doing podcasts together and doing things and, and uh, you know, going to the park. We've been to the park a time or two, to the concerts, and a handful of things with things with people that I wouldn't necessarily do those things with. And part of that is is that finding our true selves that enables other people then to say, oh, you know what, maybe you're not as weird as I thought. Do you know what I'm saying? Does that make any sense at all? Absolutely. Yeah, I think or that's... I'm just as weird as you thought, but hey, you've come to like me. <laughs> he's, he's a weirdo. He's our weirdo. He's our weirdo. <laughs> he he's, the, he's the one that makes the technology work. <laughs> I, I'm Mikey, the life serial. But you know, he I, likes I, it. Yeah, he likes it. You like me. You really do. I love, I love the idea. I mean, I think... We all fear deep down that if people really knew who we were or what we were up to, that we would be hated, Absolutely. that we would be oh, yeah. rejected, that we would then have yeah. to live alone. Yeah. You know, and the comfort and reassurance that comes from being known, yes, and really understanding who your friends are and what right. you and being able to count on. Like you know, I, I think of my wife, for example. Our relationship is so much richer because I know she knows everything and yes. she still sticks around. That's right. You know, that's right. And, and that's a gift. I don't have to, I don't think to myself anymore, if you really knew who I was, you wouldn't love me. You wouldn't be here. You oh, wouldn't yeah. be here. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to think, I'm thinking of another comment that I had made in one of our other groups uh-huh. that, that you and I had kind of interacted on. I was, uh, I was giving a presentation. It was one of the wall exercises oh, that yeah, that's a good counselor one. had given us. And uh, one of the things that uh, I think it asked was, is that, you know, uh, is there something that people don't know about you? And I made the comment then, and I, I, I made the comment out loud to the entire group that I don't believe that I had a lot of friends. And uh, <laughs> out of all that conversation, you probably don't even remember this, but I remember you saying... No, that really hurt my feelings. Well, I remember what it. What am I? Chopped liver? <laughs> no, do you remember I that? do remember that. that. <laughs> That actually found a little bit of a home, and I thought, you don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) And uh, it took me by such a surprise, because how I had had defined friendship in such a narrow scope as being, you know, a friend was somebody who really knew me, and we did things together, and all these different things, and, and we had never done anything together at that point in time. Now, you know... Once a month we get together and talk about all these difficult things and, you know, whatever. But the point being is, is that at that point in time, I I went home that night and had to rethink what I consider to be a friend. Uh, Because I, I, you know, it certainly was intended to be offensive in any way, shape or form. And it certainly wasn't. But I hadn't really considered 
those people that I have in my life that I that I really do have friends. I do have people around me that are genuinely concerned about me and that it doesn't necessarily mean that we need to be hanging out with each other and doing a variety of different things. And so uh, that was an interesting moment for me. Hmm. That was a really interesting moment for me. Hmm. And so, again, coming back to that last comment, <clears throat> you know, being the true self, being the true me that uh, that other people could then put, could then connect with and that uh, that I could be that person that I, that I've done I've spent so much of my time hiding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll give you a fun example. Okay. There's a Swedish proverb that says that uh, that uh, a sorrow shared is a sorrow halved and a joy shared is a joy doubled. Hmm. Okay. Smart people. Right? I love that. But I'll give you a really, really good example. Daniel and I, as far as maybe hobbies, have a lot more in common. Right. We enjoy a lot of the same yes. games. We enjoy a lot of the same like right. movie genres, things like that. But now... As a little bit of a context, we do this podcast in my game room. Sure. And sometimes when they show up, we have to move some of my game pieces or my collection <laughs> or toys or to the yeah. side while we set up the stuff and we get going. Now, Mike doesn't have any interest in that kind of stuff personally, <laughs> but he shows genuine interest like if there's something new. Mm-hmm. And this might sound silly, but I know that he doesn't necessarily care for that stuff, wouldn't have it in his home but he genuinely enjoys me enjoying it. Absolutely. And it's enough for him. It, I don't know how else to say that. He genuinely enjoys me enjoying it. And that, and that's, that's sufficient. That's, that's sufficient. That's right. You, you know, and but there's also a little bit of fun in his teasing. And it's not, well, like, it's abs- not like sit it, from a sarcastic way. It's, it's it's kind of a fun, but like you know, brotherly thing or sibling. Well, thing. for sure, yeah. absolutely. But do you know what? His interest, even though he he might be poking fun at it, is genuine. Yeah, yeah. and he's certainly genuinely happy that I find enjoyment yeah. in it, and he's glad that I have that. Yeah, even though that might not, you know, be his cup of tea, but he's certainly very grateful that, I'm that I have take that, it you know? to a new level. I'm actually there's an element of me that's a bit jealous of you both. It may not necessarily be something that I myself find interest in, but the fact that you have something is important. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I, uh, I'm so completely jealous of anyone who has something that they love to do outside of work, have hobbies, have things that, they re- that really bring them joy. And that's something that you have been able to create for yourself and for your family. Now, I know early on in your addiction that it was largely just you, but it's mm-hmm. now been something you've been able to make for, you know, it's created family time for you and your family. And I am genuinely jealous of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I look at Daniel's circumstance and his interest in that same sort of stuff and how that connects you in ways that, that you know, I'll never experience simply because it's 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 something that I just don't get. It's something I don't completely understand. But I have I have things that I do that I know that you don't necessarily understand or find interesting either. And yet here we are yeah. on a pad mm-hmm. podcast on a Friday night, you know, or a Monday night. So the fact that is that you have something that really brings you that much joy and happiness, I'm just absolutely envious and jealous of because I don't have that. Well, you know what? As part of your recovery, you're going to have to develop a healthy hobby. So we're going to 
we're going to help you out a little bit, you know. I don't suspect it's going to be that. No, no, that's not where I was going. But we're going to we're going to find what that we is. We are, we are. We're going to find what that is, and then when that comes, I want you to know that I will be very happy for you. Can you throw a frisbee? Not well. Okay, well then, not frisbee well. golf. Is I can right. I can do better with a football than I can with the frisbee. Rumor's true. He's not good at golf. <laughs> well, that's why I was thinking, that's why I was thinking frisbee golf. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. Uh, right. Oh my goodness! Well, he's got to be better at golf than I am, so we're good. Yeah, it's a great quote. I really, uh, I think this is a fantastic quote and a good discussion. So, yeah. What does it mean to be weird, Daniel? Uh, I, I'm just looking at that. I, be weird, be random. I mean, I'd have to say, be weird is be yourself. And be random kind of goes into yourself because there is no normal. There is no sense of normal. So it's okay to be different. It's okay to have differences from other people and still be accepted. I think it's also an invitation not to be ashamed or not to have shame. Yeah. That's, a, that's you, you, if, great if you understand point. what I mean. Great you know? point. Yeah. And what's great about that is, is that shame is such a big part of our addiction. Oh, yeah. Sure. So to say that, uh, you know, it's okay. It's okay to feel different and not be ashamed as a result of that. Right. Well, I mean, there's a lot of labels out there, too, that provide shame. I mean, that's kind of one reason I think I find myself when someone says, uh, you know, the term, oh, it's a redheaded stepchild, you know, because that kind of has like this negative connotation, like, oh, sure. that's something sure. that no one wants. And that, that's why I'm just like, well, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because... Hey, wait! Yeah. Um <laughs> Because, you know, it, like in our group setting, I know a lot of people, they like me, but when they, they say that, and I'm like, wait, that's me, or, you know, it's kind of like, oh, wait a minute, maybe I don't like this that way. Um, <laughs> uh, but at the same time, I'm saying it's okay to be the redheaded stepchild. Yeah. Um, but I, I know, I'm just looking at the rest of the, the quote here. Because um, you never... Be who you are because you never know who would love the person you hide. So I, that, I think that has a lot, you know, um, you know, kind of like our, our therapist. I'm, I'm kind of thinking of that. You know, I remember that, that kind of come to Jesus moment um, with me and, and I was ready to be done. And he saw the person that I was hiding. And even though I was angry, I knew I was done. I wasn't planning on coming back. I was going to get in my car and drive off. He still walked all the way outside, crossed the parking lot, and said my name. And I turned around and just gave me a hug. He knew what I needed, um, even though I was trying to hide. Huh. And that that broke me. Yeah. That that hug broke me. Um, you know that prick has never given me a hug. Seriously? <laughs> I don't believe that for a minute. <laughs> I'm going to bring that up. You do that in your next session? I know. But no, that literally, that hug yeah. broke me because, you know, here is it. And I know he's like, I'm not your father figure, but it kind of was. I yeah. didn't realize that was. And and how much you needed that. I needed that. Yeah. I didn't yeah. get it from my, my real dad. I haven't gotten it from the dad I grew up with. And here was a moment that I was desperately wanting help didn't know how to ask for it so upset and angry yeah. that i was mm. re ready to just say i'm going somewhere else yeah, i'm done. done and he saw what needed to be done and saw 
that hidden little me crying, wanting someone to pay attention and help me in that moment. And he, he, he knew the right thing to do. That's excellent. That's excellent. He's going to hear this episode and say, you ah, hear that I called him a prick. You'll, you'll have to cut that out. <laughs> you know, he's going to listen. I don't know. We'll see what else he says about what I said, but I don't know. Ah, that's funny. I don't think it's going to shock him, you saying that. <laughs> Probably what I said would be more shocking. Ah, that's funny. No, I think that's a, that's a great story. I think yeah. it really is the fact that he's uh, sensitive enough to find out what it is that you need. And, I, and, I, and really, he's been... It's been all those things and more, I think, for all of us. Yeah. It's a result of, uh, you know, spending the time to really understand us and uh, and and what it is that we need, really kind of evaluating that. Yeah. So, well, and it's amazing how much he sees that we're doing. I yeah. mean, yeah. I could be sitting there and thinking, hey, I've got everything wrapped up in a nice bow. I'm going to tell him this, and he doesn't know what's really going on. He's sure. just going to know what I'm telling him. <laughs> And yet he and always yet he knows. knows. And, he, <laughs> and, and, and I'm sure our body, my body's sending off other signals that he is. Yeah. He knows what to look for. Because every time I do that, it's like, yep. man, it's like that door gets thrown wide. And it's like, <laughs> so let's talk about this. And it's like, no, I don't want to talk about this. You know, let's, let's look at the shiny rabbit over here. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Let me ask this question. You know, because you never know who loved the person that, that you hired, right? Mm-hmm. How much, now being in recovery, how much more do you appreciate people who are genuine? A lot. <laughs> so much more. Um, so much more. Yeah. Partly because I think it's, I recognized how offensive it was when I knew that I wasn't being genuine. I knew I wanted to be, mm-hmm. but didn't know how to be. And right. I was so uncomfortable with all of that. Human interaction through addiction was very hard for me. I don't know what it was like for either of you, but for me, just normal human interaction. Now, I mean, I I felt like I connected just fine with those people that I was acting out with uh, and in that environment because for me it was an element of control, a power and control kind of a thing. But, but, but the normal interaction with normal people kind of thing, I just didn't think I did all that well. Or, or I seemed to do okay with certain people because it masked all this other behavior. Right. Um, I would say mine was very superficial. Yeah. I mean, that's the normal interaction was very superficial kind of stuff. It was, you know, how's the weather? What's happening with your kids? Certainly didn't get anything to anything vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, th- I think I did well with connecting with other people, but it, it wasn't genuine. I mean, I would come walking away not feeling any better, mm-hmm. not feeling any more connected to that person. It was a lot of talk, but nothing to it it seemed like right even though they call it a connection then well well, (laughs) not really okay i mean but it was it was like how are you you know i would ask how are your wife and kids i was always focused on them you know and sometimes like yeah things are kind of rough but i dance over that i never really opened up nothing was a very genuine conversation about my inner world me i was always really controlling the conversation so it was about them or other issues that weren't pertaining to me. Right. Um, now, you know, I can have a conversation with someone and I can genuinely say, wow, today sucked and this is why. Um, or And be okay with Yeah, that. and be okay with that. Or like, wow, you know, um, I'm kind of struggling today because it's X, Y, or Z, you know, that, you, that happened in the past. Yeah. Or, 
uh, it was someone's birthday and I'm missing that because of things that have happened. Have you found yourself more readily, I can say today is a great day, you know, mm -hmm. I, I think, I think the thing that, that in my, in myself is, is being known. Mm -hmm. It was a little bit like I was saying with you, I'm so much more willing to share the things that I like, mm -hmm. not only just the things that, that, you know, I need to, because when you share something that's dear to you, you're making yourself vulnerable in yeah. a way too. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. if somebody mocks it or doesn't, you know, doesn't appreciate it, you know, pearls before swine and all right. that kind yeah, of stuff, right, right. you know. Anyway, yeah, I didn't I, mean to. to no, do you're that. fine. I, I was. So I was just saying, do you, get to, do you even, get to do the same thing when it's a good day? Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. even well, even on bad days, I, I still see the good that, mm -hmm. that's happening. Like, yeah, you know, yesterday was a crummy day, but it was only a day. You know, and I'm, I was back out of it and this morning. I woke up and I'm like, today's going to be a good day. And it was a good day, even though I had a lot of stuff hit me today, even like I did yesterday, but uh, it, was a better day. it was a better day and I was able to move through things. And that's the one good thing that I can say about through my recovery is I don't stay in that place as long. It's much shorter and I can get out of it without other people like trying to yeah. pull me out of it. I love the... Yeah, I love that. I love being able to being able to open up and share the things that are hard. Yes. And really feel like that's being halved. Yeah. You know, and then I can share that I'm not going I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be accepted. I'm going to be loved and that's going to be understood. Yeah. Yeah. At the same time I really really love being able to share the things that really excite me and know that 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 person's not going to rain on my parade. Right. That I'm going to get to enjoy it yeah. again. So to speak. you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I had a, I have a nasty habit, and it's probably come out multiple times in, in the podcast, but one of the things that recovery has sort of worked for me more than anything is when things got really difficult, topics that were tough to handle, my natural tendency was to break the tension with a joke. Mm -hmm. Sure. And there are lots of people, I think, that do that. I, I, I think that was something that I developed in my family experience, my, my family of origin experience. Uh, expo you know, exponentially in my in my marital experience because mm -hmm. I never wanted to talk about anything that was real or meaningful or deep. And one of the things that recovery is is brought to my attention is is that first of all I have that habit, and secondly, it's okay to talk about difficult things. Yeah, yeah. It's okay to talk about things that are meaningful. It's okay to talk about uh, without making light of those things, and it's okay to talk about personal things to be on a personal level with people. Um, and it's in that moment of vulnerability that we make a stronger connection that, that endears people to us. And we break that endearment. We break that connection when we crack jokes, make things light. That's that superficial stuff I was talking about right. just a second ago. Never get Always, past the superficial yeah. stuff. And so, you know, coming back to that moment when I said, I don't believe I have any friends. Uh -huh. Really, that issue had more to do with me probably than it had anything to do with the oh, fact sure. that I didn't have people in my life. Because of that very reason. I didn't feel like I connected with people at a meaningful level, partly because of what I do when we start talking about difficult things. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's more than just your family. I think that's a cultural thing. I mean, how many movies do you go see where, you know, whether it's an intense action scene or a, a horror movie where all that tension builds and then they crack a joke? Sure. And it's to release that tension so yeah. you can calm down a little bit before they throw right. the next thing at you. And I think, I think naturally we just kind of develop that because yeah. that's what we see um you know 
sometimes even in class i remember many classes where you can just feel the tension because you know calculus you know and and the teacher's up there teaching it and he turns around and sees this everyone's like oh my gosh this is so overwhelming so he cracks a joke and then you kind of see everyone chuckle and they relax a little bit and then he goes back to doing it so i just think that's kind of something we've learned i think you're right but i've always i've always uh, really enjoyed being around people who didn't yeah who were able to to really see through uh, one of the things I've appreciated about our counselor is, is that when we have conversations about difficult things mm-hmm. that he points out the incon- incongruence oh, in yeah. what's going on, that we're laughing while we're talking about mm-hmm. something that's really, really hard. And he's right. like, why are you laughing? And that's something that would be very painful. It would be very hard. And he's pointing those kinds of things out because we have these natural tendencies that you're right. Maybe yeah. we've learned from calculus class or whatever the case may be, but those aren't healthy. Yeah. Really powerful, meaningful connection where people can really appreciate each other, uh, feel each other's pain, and feel the difficulty of the emotion that's going on there and the difficulty of the circumstance, and connect at that level. And people like me, who constantly interrupt that tension, that, that, that moment where connection actually can occur by cracking a joke when something's really relevant or significant, um, never get past the superficial stuff. Yeah, Never do. So... That's something that recovery has been uh, has really sort of brought to my attention, and it's, it's been good. It's been really good for me. I'm also grateful because uh, by you know, our therapist pointing that out, I've been starting to see that. Yes. Like I had a, a friend this last weekend that something was off, and I could see it, and I recognized it, but I didn't say anything. I, I waited, and then today they messaged me, and they're like, yeah, so something happened over the weekend, but I don't want to tell you. Yeah, you do. I'm like, you I'm like, I'm like <laughs> did you did you see yeah. my message? Yes, that's fine. Yes, you well, do. And that's what I mean. I'm like, I'm like, just tell me. And so they told me. I'm like, oh yeah, I, I could tell. I'm like, how? I'm like, you just weren't congruent. I mean, the way you were behaving when I ran into you on Saturday was there was a wall. I mean, sure. you were behaving one way, and you could just tell there was a wall between the two yeah. of us. So. Obviously, you had done something you were embarrassed of or didn't want to tell me, which now I know. Right. And it's it's obvious. So it's nice that I can see those things. And then I'm just like, wow, why did I why did I used to do that and think that I could get away with it? Because clearly it's, it's obvious <laughs> to everyone else. So yeah. we're out of time. We've gone over. So. You know, we need to start moving these podcasts to 45 to... 45 minutes to an hour so that we don't ever run out of time. Yeah. <laughs> then, we, then we'll be saying an hour and a half. Uh, so, all right. Well, uh, again, Adam, thanks for your email. Uh, uh, we appreciate it. And um, just remember, it's okay to be weird. It's okay to be random. It's okay to be who you are because you never know who will love the person you're, you're hiding. Because you don't have to hide. Powerful stuff. So Powerful stuff. With that, this is Mike saying, do the work necessary to find the peace that recovery can bring. And this is Gary saying, roll up your sleeves and get to work. Do the next right thing. Man, he's never going to let that one go. It was a gift. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions, thoughts, or concerns, or have any suggestions for future episodes, please contact us at 12thsteppodcast at gmail.com. That is 12thstepodcast at gmail.com. As a fellowship of recovering addicts, 
Sex Addicts Anonymous offers a message of hope to anyone who suffers from sex addiction. Check out saa-recovery.org.